Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Everybody, it is Trust Talk Thursday here on Big Blend Radio uh, with Lee Brovadani. Lee is the trust architect. She's a speaker, a workshop facilitator on trust, and she's recognized as a top thought leader on trust by the organization called Trust Across America. She's also the author of two books and some other ones. Uh, she's the author of Trust Me, Restore Belief and Confidence in an Uncertain World. The other one is Trusted Secret Lessons from an Inspired Leader. You can go to her website, thetrustarchitect.biz, to learn more, to get her books, learn more about her workshops, all that good stuff. But very excited to welcome her back because we're going to be talking about one of her five tenets of trust, and that is competence. Our, oh, do we have to look at ourselves at this first, Lee? I mean, do I have to know, <laughs> am I competent? Oh, welcome well, back. <laughs> you know, it depends. Like, competence in what? Yeah, I mean... Okay, so let's go to work. Okay, so like you can't, like I can't go apply for a podcasting position and say, oh, I'm caught, I know how to talk. Like if someone's came to apply to me for a podcasting job and said, oh, I know how to talk. I've never done it, but I know how to talk. I, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's competent because you got to learn how to listen. No, and, and I owned a personnel agency a, a gazillion years ago. And I can't tell you how many people would come in applying for a position. And they would say things like, well, I don't have any experience, but I'm a quick learner. Oh, but yeah. that doesn't show me your competence. Like if you want to, if you want to progress to a new position, then the best way to do it is to do it within a company where you can say, I'm interested in this, and then you can learn on the job and, and show your competence as you learn. But yeah. trying to find, you know, people are not going to trust somebody who has no experience or they haven't shown a level of expertise. Yeah, exactly. in their competence. Yeah. Yeah. It's the expertise is a big deal. So that goes into trust is do you trust them? And if they aren't as competent as they said, then you well, Debbie yeah. Downer. Did you ever see that commercial on TV where the, the person, um, a person falls on the ground and, and their people aren't sure if they've had a heart attack and someone comes up and says, everybody step aside. And they say, are you a doctor? And he says, no, but I've watched a lot of doctor shows, you know? See? Yeah, exactly. That's not competence. <laughs> that's not competence. No, 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 no. But I think that's the thing is as a leader, don't you want to lead by showing competence? that you've been there, done that. I mean, this is something that you see in leadership positions. Maybe you cannot do the roles of some of the people you're working with, right? Like say you're in leadership, you've led teams mm -hmm. and like, so somebody comes in on social media, a younger person has done it for years or not years, years, because it has, it's been around, but not, you know, and has all these new ideas, knows things. So they may be competent in that, and you may not be as a leader. So there's this balance of trust that has to be between competence between everybody to make something work as a team in a, in a, on a project or a company. Yeah, and, and then the leader has the competence of being able to bring the best out in his staff or his people, the okay. people that are working for him. So his competence might not be on putting widgets together. Mm -hmm. 
but he's able to recognize the competence in others. So he can lead people and get the best out of them. So the level of competence that you have to show is going to change depending on the role that you have. Mm, I and that. I will trust a leader who knows how to lead and manage people, even if they don't have a particular competence that everybody on their team is working on. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so you need to look at the competence. If I'm going to trust somebody, I want to make sure that they, their competence fits the role that they have. Mm. So the comp how tied is competence with commitment? Because um, you know what I mean? In that somebody may not be a hundred percent, they might still be learning. Well, we're all are, right? Um, yeah. But their commitment to a project could push your competence up, you know, because you're committed to do the extra learning and maybe the extra hours to be able to be competent in something. Yeah. You know, you, sometimes you, sometimes there's new positions in a company just out of something new because we're in this world where social media is changing every day, yeah. website. I mean, all that kind of stuff is changing. Um, you know, now we have AI, you know, all of that. Oh, that's a whole other conversation. Um, talk about, do you trust your AI? <laughs> you know, so a lot of things are going away and a lot of new things are opening up. So there's a lot of newness out there. So there's not immediate competence, but commitment to me sometimes will get you to the competence. Yeah. And, and for people who are listening for the first time, and if they don't know what the five C's are, the five tenets of trust, it's caring, commitment, consistency, competence, and communication. So they're all linked together. So, you know, um, some, some are required more for some positions than others. So if I'm going into surgery, mm -hmm. I want a surgeon who is extremely competent I want yes. them to know the skill of surgery and know how to, you know like I don't want them to take out my spleen when they're supposed to be you know um taking out my appendix yeah I don't even know if they're close so don't hire me but <laughs> you you know if if they're maybe not as caring although that's really important if I am wheeled into the operating room, I want them to care enough to make sure that they're doing the very best and they mm -hmm. care about me as an individual. But are they demonstrating that? You know, like, so So mm -hmm. each, depending on what the role is, mm -hmm. I'm going to look for a higher degree of that skill. Mm -hmm. So when it gets to be um, a very technical skill or a very, you know, very knowledge-based, then... I'm going to trust a person more if they have a lot of competence. Yeah. If I'm working with someone in, um, and, and, and I think all of them work together. So I can't think of a position because as soon as I started to say, well, a salesperson, I want to make sure that their communication skills are mm. extremely high. But all of the five have to link together. And you'll exactly. find that the most successful people have the competence, but they also are competently able to integrate the other mm -hmm. tenets. Right. And that helps you get to the competence level because yeah. we're not, we, I mean, we all have to learn to get to the left and actually do things in your field to be, to reach the level of competence. Right. Yeah. So, but at the same time, like, how do you do the first surgery? You know, do you let the 
doctor do the first surgery on you? Do you want to go in the airplane that it's the first day for that pilot? You know, so that's a whole, I mean, yeah. How do you do that? You don't tell the, you don't tell. Well, we the all person. have simulations. So I don't think that if a doctor is operating on a patient for the first time, I would say it's probably not the first time that they've actually done that operation. Right. They've probably done it a number of times, both. I mean, now they're able to do surgeries where they've got the equipment in their, their, on a computer and they're operating on yes. it and it can tell them in you know no. like mm -mm. no so no that's weird that's weird don't you don't you think it's weird like all of a sudden but it could be even better than you know human hands but like still I want someone to be able to grab it like you know what it makes me think of? do you remember that that <laughs> game that we grew up with do you remember operation oh yeah you had to get the the little yeah yeah it's, I'm kind of wondering, sorry, if my, my head jumped there. I'm thinking, so if they're doing that simulation on the computer, is it like that when they, when they make a mistake, they get shocked? I don't know. Well, you, did you remember that episode from Seinfeld where Kramer dropped the junior mint into the guy having surgery? No. So they were in the waiting, like operating, they were able to watch this, this epic surgery and he took junior mints and Seinfeld's looking at Kramer like, what are you doing? This isn't a movie. He goes, no, no, we got to have this. And then he went to he tried to get Jerry to get it or whatever, but it went flying and into the stomach of the person or into the body of the person that was being operated on. So like in AI, would the machinery stop and go, we see a junior mint. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So where's the trust level on all of this? I think that AI is a whole other conversation, but competence comes from the experience. Yeah. And that's where I say commitment is to go through the, the, the using the commitment to boost your competence level. Yeah. So, and and so that you I've stick never with investigated, it. but it just doesn't sound right to me that they say in order to get competent at a particular skill, it requires 10,000 hours of, of doing it again and again. I can't believe that that's true. And I'm wondering what the new stats say yeah. about becoming competent in a particular skill i think it's about continuing to learn and evolve i think so too and change uh so many people are not changing and you've got to in this day and age and if you day and age if you don't change with things you don't necessarily have to do them but you have to have the competence to stay educated i think that's the that's part of the commitment to me yeah is yeah. if you're passionate about something your commitment is there you know, yeah. you can be passionate, but if you're not, that's why they tell you to do things you really love. Yeah. The, you know, and that lifelong learning thing that if you mm -hmm. want to, things are constantly changing. The things that we knew to be true 20 years ago, are they still true now? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I remember like when I met my husband a gazillion years ago, I had taken um, a fitness instructor's course at the Y. I was doing that part-time. And now when I go and I look, a lot of the things that we were told were, you know, you have to follow these guidelines. Yeah. Now they're saying, oh, well, that's no longer true. So in order to be competent, you have to continue. You have to be abreast of, of what the new rules are. Yeah. And, and keep, well, if keep you look going. at someone going into a company and saying, okay, um, I've done X amount of this new job or whatever it is, right? Oh, let's let's look at a chef position. A sous chef goes in and maybe it is a steak restaurant and the sous chef 
comes from a seafood restaurant and says, look, we did serve meat. You know, we did the, we did the steaks, you know, surf and turf. And, um, but you know, our main thing, I really specialize in fish, but I want to learn more. And I, you know, I'm not hundred percent there yet with knowing everything about meat, like a steakhouse chef would know like an, an actual meat chef. But I went and took this course, that course, that course to get more proficient with it. Now from, if I was hiring, I'd go, oh, that shows commitment, which means you're gonna be more competent because you took the initiative to do it. That's why I think those two go so good. Yeah, I, think I, I would agree with you. And, and you know, um, if I had to choose between, you know, I remember a conversation that I had with someone around skill and will. Mm. And if someone had the the skill, but they didn't have the will to do the job, yeah, were they a good employee? If someone had the will, but they didn't have the skill, would you hire them? And from my perspective, especially in the HR, if they had some of the skill, but they had the desire, I would rather hire them because yeah. they brought more heart into it. You could train for the skill, but you can't train to make someone passionate about something. Right, right. I think when people lose that passion, you know, that's, and, and competent, like when you're saying about leaders, I think that's a really powerful part of, of leadership is being a competent leader, not just being competent at balancing a checkbook, you know, the, yeah. the you know, the, the company's checkbook or, you know, that competence, um, that means you have to go to workshops. That means you have to always be upping your game. You can't just go, oh, I'm a manager now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A colleague of mine in Calgary, her name is Merj Gupta Sundarji, and she does uh, an, a column and she does training about turning managers into leaders. And just because oh. someone is able to manage doesn't necessarily mean that they can lead. So mm -hmm. shout out to you, Merj, because your column is brilliant, but it's yeah. about getting the skills and again, the competence. So there's a difference between someone who manages staff and someone who leads staff. Oh, you know, managing, as soon as you say managing, it's like, um, that means chaos management to me it comes to like the word chaos gets in there. I just, I know how to make everybody happy. I'm treading water. I'm la 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 la. But when you say lead, it's like, hey, charge, let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then I feel like you're going to go up the mountain. But yes, managing yeah. is you're like, you know, hovering and, and pushing papers. And saying you, know. you have to do this, but it's not encouraging and it's not training. It's not seeing, you know, seeing the potential in people. And I, yeah. I think I told you this story, but so you, well, people who are listening wouldn't have heard it. So even if you've heard it, I'll say it again. So I did some training for the military and I remember talking to one of the staff and there was the captain on board the ship and the first fellow that they had, the first captain that they had they said he was really personable. And when he would go above deck, he would stop and have chats with people when he saw them. Mm -hmm. And he knew them and had could have personal conversations and remembered things about them. So it would be things like, you know, um, so have you heard, have you heard from your wife? You said your son was in a soccer game, that kind of thing. And he would bring that personal touch. And then he would encourage them in whatever their job was. And the second one, they said they felt like he had a manual and it was, they called him the attaboy captain because he would come up on, on board and he would say, 
how are you doing? Good job, attaboy. Give him a pat on the back because at that time, most of the people on board the ship oh. were men. And so it was an attaboy. Oh. And they said the first one, he they they would have followed him into a firefight. They they mm-hmm. knew that he had like he had all of the five C's and especially caring mm-hmm. and the commitment for his staff and consistency. He was the same guy. They knew who they were getting and he had the competence to lead and definitely the communication. The second guy might've had the competence, like he might've been a brilliant statistician and a brilliant, um, Mm. not statistician, being able to maneuver and knew exactly everything that had to happen on the ship. So he might've had that competence, but it didn't follow the other ones. People didn't feel like he cared about Mm. them as individuals. He's not seeing the full picture either. Yeah, so he didn't have the commitment. So competence without the others isn't always like I I can't see a leader being um, trusted if the others don't go along with them so yes competence is really important but it has to be followed like you said by that commitment Mm -hmm. commitment not just to learning but commitment to the people that um, he's leading yeah you know a manager like you think about managers you think of grocery store managers oh it's 10 o'clock take your break or here, go to aisle one. That's not leading like, hey, let's turn this door around. Let's, you know, bring in extra amount of money. How are we going to do it? How are we going to make our customers feel today? Let's do it. Let's make everyone happy. You know, that kind of, let's, you know, let's go get them boys, get those oranges fresh and make them shine. You know, let's do it and have some fun with it, have some energy. But that manager is like, did you take your coffee break? Did you, you know, no smoking in the girls' room, no bathroom. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of hall yeah. monitor versus leaders who go, this is where you can excel and do things that are extraordinary. Yeah. You know? And the competence, you know, the competence in being able to recognize the brilliance mm-hmm. in others and know when you have to train them. Like you see the guy who's working in seafood, but is looking longingly at the meat department and really wants to get in there and cut the right cut of yeah. beef or whatever maybe not the best example for everybody, but, but you know what, and he, he's able to say, okay, there's a, a position coming up and let's yeah. make sure that you have an opportunity to do what you're passionate about. Because when people are, are paired with their passion, ex- the extraordinary comes out, yeah. right? Yeah. What, what role is it, you know, when you look at companies and small companies and large companies really to look at competency and to help your staff be confident. In other words, do you invest in extra training? Do you, you know, mm-hmm. invest in competence? So the employee isn't just run ragged and you're supposed to always know something. You've got to give them time to, hey, maybe it's a new computer program for um, taking out the spleen, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, but you've got to, you've got to give them the training tools too you can't expect them to just always do it on their own especially if they have long hours yeah yeah and I remember when I was working I mean I've had a a few different jobs and one of my careers was working in personnel so I owned a personnel agency and I I think I told you we get people in who do that the other side of that was when um, I would be talking to people and talking about training their staff Mm. and one of the people and he was a manager he was not a leader he said People who work for me should just be happy they have a job 
they don't get extras. That sucks. And I kind of went, oh, I wonder what his turnover is like. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's not, I think it's got it. The extras are important Yeah. Um, to, to show that you're paying attention to. So yeah. then that also gets people to, you know, pull their bootstraps up. Is that Canadian or English? Where did that come from? Pull your pull, bootstraps. Yeah. Pull them up by their bootstraps. I, I don't think know. it must be because I've heard that all my life. So it must be a Canadian. It's or that or English pull your bloomers yeah. up. I don't know. Uh-oh. Let's not get, let's, let's behave. <laughs> pull them I up by know. their bloomers? Yeah. I don't know. We always Doesn't end up somewhere. We end up no. somewhere. But yeah, the it's, it's really, um, to me, it's, if you don't pay attention, it's like you do exactly, if you're not paying attention, then that's when people start to slack off because you're not paying attention. It's yeah. like, if you're not, you know, it's the same with children and pets. Like if you're not paying attention, oh yeah, doggy's going to go get your shoe and that gets you to pay attention. And so yeah. I think that's the one thing about leadership and companies investing back into their employees. And with this big walkout and all of these remote workings, I mean, it's, it's doesn't seem yeah. like it's, it's, it's not getting that much better. And there's a lot of layoffs. And I wonder if the people that are staying in the companies and not being laid off are the ones who are the squeaky wheel, not necessarily don't squeak, that's annoying, but are develop those relationships, yeah. which helps in the competence department, yeah. I think. I mean, we could, we could take a, a really dark turn because I look at what is rewarded here mm. and what is rewarded, you know, like, and I, I've seen this where you have a high performer and he, mm -hmm. especially in sales positions, I've seen the high performers that bring in revenue, but they do it by backstabbing some of the people they mm -hmm. work with and being underhanded. And, and like, there's all kinds of dirty deals and they're rewarded and when that behavior is rewarded, the people who are trying to do their best and mm. maybe aren't performing as well end up leaving. So if you're rewarding the bad behavior mm. and not the competence on and the actual skill, and it has to come in, in like from, from my perspective, you have to be able to trust your employees. And if yeah. they're doing things that you can't trust, if they're being underhanded in things, then even if they're bringing in extra revenue, what is it costing the company as a whole? Because you're losing some of your really good loyal staff that bring in money on a regular basis. And what is your reputation worth? Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, like there's so many variables. And I think that if, if we're talking about competence, we, we have to put it in the whole umbrella of what is trust and do you mm. trust these people? Yeah, I mean, that's, do you, trust is it for everything, right? Yeah. Like, but that's the connectivity. I think, oh, we're getting to communication. We're back yeah. to communications. We're bringing in, in the other C. You know, <laughs> these are the good C words. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? So competence really is multifaceted. Yeah. It's not just, you know, I've been there, done that. Oh, yeah. and nobody wants to hear that either. I hate that term. Yeah. Been there the other one that I hate is that's not the way things, that's not the way we've oh, done Oh, don't, don't, don't. That's not how they used to do them. That's, you know, that's, we do it this way. Oh, Nancy's, you know, I have to bring her in, you know, 
her worst one that she really hates is um, don't remake the wheel. You know, you can't, you know, you can't rebuild the wheel. It's already made. You can't change the wheel. That's it. It was made huh. once and that's that. Yep. Aren't we on to hovercrafts by now? See, see, <laughs> well, you know, the hovercraft's been around a lot longer than I knew. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, I, I did find that out a few days ago on like this date in history. The hovercraft was, is a, about a hundred years old. Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. It's something, don't quote me on the actual date. But we were, you know, we do our daily blend show, our big daily blend on all the, this happened on this date in history. And we're like, holy cow, we've had these floating things years ago. We could have been floating in the sky. It's like we could have. Yeah, like I always want to go to ago. the Jetsons. Do you remember that cartoon? Yeah, yeah. Jetsons? I, I thought we'd be in the hovercrafts by now in the air. See, I don't know what happened. Or maybe we just had to wait for Elon Musk. It was but someone who said, don't reinvent the wheel. It was all their fault. Oh, reinvent. That was the word. Yeah. You see? See, somebody said don't because we've had those hovercraft, uh, you know, a thousand years ago. We just didn't tell anybody. Exactly. Exactly. Indigenous people knew and they warned us it's coming. And then here we are. No, anyway, <laughs> I think hovercraft would be fun. Yeah. But now would you hire a new driver? I mean, that's the whole thing. Do you trust getting into a car that drives itself? I trust some of the technology as long as you are able to take over the wheel if mm -hmm. because they've shown that there's been times if they miscalculate the mm -hmm. bye -bye. I mean, the results are pretty Oopsie. devastating. Oopsie. Yeah. See that to me, this is, you know, talking about trust and confidence. It's like things are is shifting. So, oh, we can create these new products. We can create this. We can do that with AI and all of this, which is exciting because there's a lot of good things out of yeah. AI they're really you know agriculture uses AI the most I think they're really you know just on you know watering watering and things like that to save water you know and, and all these good things you know but um there's a trust level and sometimes things are put out too soon you know we know it I mean as business you can't wait for everything to be a hundred percent perfect yeah. So in some way in businesses between the business and the client, there has to be a trust thing of confidence. When you're talking about buying a car, when you're talking about implementing some new AI in your company, you know, what happens if, you know, it takes the privacy of your employees or whatever it is, there has to be that um, trust in there. And I think we are just in a very weird place in the world right now yeah. where all there's so much change and change immediately goes to distrust because it's not the same cushy place where we were that we know. They say, oh, do you want to stay with the devil you know or go to something new? If you know it's a devil, get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? and right now, it, I talk to colleagues that are part of the trust network. And what I'm hearing from people is that they're starting, they're asking so many questions around the competence of the, the leaders and the competence of the news media and what right. is truth. And maybe the uh, conspiracy theory, theorists are actually telling the truth. And it's, you know, so as far as yeah. who, who do you trust? Um, 
I think that's when competence becomes really important. I want to, I want to believe the people who are trained Mm. and have a reputation like they've been trusted for years and years they're not compromised Mm -hmm. and one of the things that I learned when I did work in emotional intelligence is if what you can trust too is look at the patterns of people if someone tells lies all the time and they tell you something that maybe sounds believable then perhaps you should check a little bit closer Mm. So I, I, and how does this come back to competence? I trust people who have demonstrated their competence and their commitment mm-hmm. and their competence by getting trained. You know, like, I, I don't know who was it that used to say, um, and that's the way it is. It was, oh, was yeah, it yeah, I think so. Oh, it's like, um, oh, Paul. Oh, it's that dude. Anyway, I know who you mean, and I know people are going to go scratch their heads and everybody, let's wake up at one in the morning and call each other. That's what it was. <laughs> but yeah, but, but there's, going back to the training, that to me is one of the biggest things. And in life, we're going to fall down, we're going to make mistakes. That doesn't mean that you're incompetent. It means yeah. you learn something new. And that's also something for leaders to understand. You've got to give room to screw up because yeah. you don't learn without it. Um, but with, when you talk about media and stuff, it is really hard. You know, how much do you trust the person just talking versus the the journalist that goes out in the field with the footage and can show you who's been to the countries instead of someone blabbing at a desk, you know? Yeah. And then are, did they write it or are they blabbing from someone else who wrote it? I mean, that's, we've, I mean, even Dan Rather got in trouble with this kind of thing, you know? So it's, um, and I'm not pointing finger. He's, he does great interviews, you know. Um, I watch all his musician stuff, you know. So to me, that's good. But um, if you, I think you have to get out and do things to have competence. It can't be book knowledge. It's like musicians that are very technical versus having feeling and taking to to go to that level of of adding emotion to music. If you're purely technical and you don't have the emotion in it, you haven't pushed yourself into that zone to go that extra step into the emotion because you can be very technical and have soul, but you haven't pushed yourself. You haven't, you're still not ready to go to that next level until you do. So I think competence comes from having cojones, you know? So I'm thinking, you know, like it would be interesting. That's another C word, by the way. (laughs) So if you, if you combine competence and caring, then you, you get what passion or part of more honesty it's interesting I'd love to see and now now you're making me think about that Lisa I'm thinking um what are the combinations how do they work how do they show up what does it look like Mm -hmm. if if someone has a lot of commitment and it's Mm -hmm. combined with consistency what does that look Mm -hmm. like if you have a lot of competence and it's combined with caring how does that show up? How does it show up as a leader? How does it show up as, as an employee? So, you know, y- you start identifying what are the skills that this person has? Mm. And also what are the deficits? What do they need improvement? Consistency in? to me is key because now if you're consistently doing something like say, let's go back to the chef and you keep cutting off the best part of meat and thinking it's the bad piece of meat, you know, or he's playing with the rump. I don't know, whatever it is, um, you know. <laughs> okay, Lisa, playing with the rump. Are we going down that path? 
I'm trying, I'm trying to behave, but you know, but it's, if they keep doing the, the same mistake over and over, then that's, that consistency will tell you, okay, this isn't, this isn't working. You know what I mean? But yeah. if they're consistently showing up for work on time, showing up, doing things, yeah. caring, like you're saying, um, part of what I was saying about the um, caring part is about confidence also comes from taking on challenges to not sit in your comfort zone. I don't think you can be competent if you stay in the same place, in the same comfort yeah. zone. That's what I mean about journalists who get out there in the field. Um, you know, the ones that are jailed in places and they're like in prisoner of war camps, you know, these journalists. And to me, those were competent journalists. They they put themselves on the line to go there. And I think competency comes from that. It's um, don't sit with your skill set and just play tools. You can't just do that. You've got to still push yourself to that next level, which means it's a deep commitment. That's where I'm going back to the commitment. And yeah. you have to be consistent to get traction. Like you practice an instrument before you learn the scales, right? Before you go and do Jimi Hendrix playing the Star Spangled Banner the way he did it, right? He couldn't have done that without knowing the song itself. And then he puts the soul and passion, which he took a leap right you put him he went off the cup i don't i shouldn't use Jimi hendrix as an, a, a thing on this but you have to go beyond your comfort zone which means tapping into emotional your well and yeah. and facing fear even yeah but before you can get to that level of excellence you have to have the competence to be able to do the basics yeah exactly that's what i'm saying so yeah. all of this is a journey so you can't just click your fingers and say i'm competent it's a journey in life and competence can take time. Yeah, it really can. Yeah. And, and I, I think, think people we've that all met can see that. Yeah. Who, who believe they're more competent than they are. They have the confidence, but not the competence. And when you have confidence Ooh. without the competence, then you have ego. Yeah. And, and false ego. And, and Ew. yeah, Ew. I don't like that. No. The hoity toities. Yeah. You know, but then there's also the fake it till you make it thing, right? Because you still have to take that first plane trip as a pilot. You still have to get your feet wet. So it's about doing that. Get your feet wet, jump in, and then you better start paddling, man. I think we need to get a new a, a new saying instead of fake it till you make it. Um, I don't I'm like trying that to think because I'm the do it until you what what rhymes just get with. on with it. Just get on with it. Yeah, like just keep going. Believe in yourself. It's about believing that you can do it, right? Yeah. That's what fake it, fake it till you make it. Sounds like you're lying. Yeah, it does to me. It's not. I, I'm taking. Did I tell you I'm taking improv right now? Oh, I it is see so that. much fun. But you have to be willing to suck. Mm -hmm. Because when you get up on stage and they give you all these tools and and you have to think really quickly and so I keep you know and that that's fun too, but. It is a skill that you learn and it starts twigging this part of your brain, but you have to be willing to get up and be, be completely bad in order to keep practicing, to get to a point mm -hmm. where you're good. Yeah. I mean, any comedian stand-up will tell you how many times they have to bomb before they get it and they have to deal with it. I mean, their life yeah. is comedy and tragedy go hand in hand. I mean, you can't have tragedy without comedy. You have to yeah. have the comedy in there. That's what we move forward on. But you're really right. It's getting, that's what I say. It's like, you have to, you have to 
pull up your bootstraps. Yeah. <laughs> Get pulled up by your bootstraps. Yeah. No, you're, you're so good. competence really is something that um, you have to, you have to keep going. You have to keep. Yeah. Keep and that's what I'm saying. And that's when you're, when you're in a leadership position and you're looking at hiring somebody, if you can see a continue, the consistency again, towards competence in something, yeah. then that would be somebody to hire because yeah. they're, they're working on it. You know what I mean? And so if you could see that, that they're competent in different things, but they're really working at it yeah. and, you know, have had some successes. That's great. Um, I think that's a, that's a huge, huge part of it because it's not immediate. And for leaders themselves, like you were saying, um, it is about taking those C's to get you to the competence. Yeah. Absolutely. Drink your vitamin C <laughs> and pull up your bootstraps and go for it. <laughs> Pulled up by your bootstraps. And that's and right. Now, like now, okay, someone needs to, someone who's listening needs to find out where that saying, get pulled up by your bootstraps, where it originated and what it really means. And I bet you we have to do another. What we think it means. We have to do another show with you and Glenn uh, over in England about these these terms and phrases in English in Canada, uh, America, uh, England, you know, because that was fun. But I have a feeling that it's British. Yeah. Pulled up by your bootstraps. It's going to be like the kids, like, get them up, you, you know, stop. Yeah. I don't know. Get back to work to the little kids, you know? Yeah. How about this for trust? All about incompetence, how we in this country are using slave labor of children um, in agricultural industries, uh, chicken farms, meat packing, going back to the meat, um, in agriculture, uh, using kids, immigrant kids, and um, you know, human services is letting this happen. And, um, and companies know it, and we're buying from it. So I would like to say that is, and that is something where you lose trust in the company that you buy from. So yeah. we should be looking, you know, you may be competent in growing something, but how are you doing the, is so they could be the best, whatever meat packer, butcher, whatever. I don't really want to talk about that, but um, say the best carrot growers, right? And everyone buys their carrots because they're delicious. They're really well-packed and they're organic and all of this. Oh, we buy from them. So they're competent in all of our, the proof is in the pudding. And then you find out they're using basically slave labor kids, right? Um, to grow these carrots for you. And this is a real thing that's happening, not necessarily yeah. carrots, but it is. So now I would say you're not competent because you're not using the right tools. You've that brought broken, there's legality and non-legalities. There's a whole big thing with this. You know, so, I don't know if it would fall under competence. I think it would fall under character. And that's not part yeah. of my model. But I know that, um, you know, integrity has to be part of it. And so I would say that's not part of a good character. Right. And I would say that, you know, if. But if your, comp your competence is coming off of somebody else's back, that is not competence. And so, yeah, I agree with you on the character 100%. But. So your competence, you lied about your competence because yeah. you know what I mean? Because everyone thinks it's a normal farm with, you know, adults. So we lose children, deaths happen, kids falling off of roofs, all kinds of things. Not to take this down, that sad thing, but when we look at our businesses, how are we 
acting in regards to that? How are you yeah. competent because you're riding somebody else's bootstraps? Ah, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> are you competent in that? Because you look competent to everyone, but are you using somebody else's work to do that? Yeah, and that it's happens. looking behind the curtain, isn't it? You know, like mm -hmm. seeing what's really going on. And so I think, like, I, I'm, I don't know about you and I don't know about the people who are listening, but I'm finding that um, things were going through a very confusing time. Mm. And all of the, the questions that, I don't know if you're familiar with the um, rotary four-way, it's called the four-way test, and I should look it up really quickly, but is it true? Oh, yeah. Is it good for all concerned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, will it's it benefit? Good. And I, I think that we need to actually start looking at the four-way test or the four-way, mm -hmm. and I'm just going to read it to you. But I think so the rotary four-way yeah. test, uh -huh. is it is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? And so oh, very good. One of the things that I look at as far as people I trust is I look at when they say something to me, is it the truth? Mm. And there's so much that goes into that, Lisa, because mm -hmm. we all have a confirmation bias. So there's a lot of times when I'll hear something and I'll think, well, that must be true because I agree with it. Ah, <laughs> oh, good one. Yeah. And so is it is it the truth for that one to be answered before mm. I post something and I've learned the hard way, mm. I check nine ways to Sunday. And I don't know where that saying came from, but nine ways to Sunday That's to make sure that Cats have nine lives. <laughs> Sorry. post something that's the truth. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I mean, that's what we have to double check things. You know, it's, um, you know, because and, and people scalp uh, things from the internet too. So they just, you know, keep scalping, scalping. That's why Google is um, how they don't like duplicate content on websites because you're just scalping somebody else's stuff and changing a couple words. There's yeah. certain things that you, I mean, there's only so way, sometimes, you know, like what we do with our parks, this park has two playgrounds and, you know, one walking trail, how much more can you, you know, we're not, basic information is basic information. Yeah. But there's a lot of scalpers. So you lose trust in reading and that's part of this whole thing. Um, competence comes from actually doing yourself. Oh, or you have AI write, write it all for you. Yeah, I can write your own articles for everybody now. So, I mean, what the wow. hell do we have to be here for? I mean, that's that's really attractive because like I've never used it. I don't know how to use it. I don't even know how to get to chat GBT. And I know that it's probably if I looked it up, it wouldn't take very long to learn. But I, I kind of look at the book that I wrote and I think, oh, it would be really interesting to take what I wrote and then get them to proofread it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think well, there's you know, a benefit. Yeah. I think there's a use for it, but to yeah, well now they're recording people's voices, and so there's a very it's a it's a weird world, but I like what you're coming back to with the four way of the rotary, and I think you know your four C their five C's excuse me the five tenets yeah are crucial just to kind of do that check, slow down because if you keep speeding you're gonna miss things and yeah. that's how snowballs happen yeah. You know? So. And I'll leave it with this because Lisa knows that I'm doing work. I've been trained as an end of life doula. Mm -hmm. 
And part of that work, I look at what is the legacy you want to leave? Mm -hmm. What do you want people to be saying about you? And from my perspective, I, I had like, like everybody, um, I've made mistakes, but trust is really important to me mm. and kindness is really important to me. And what is the legacy that I want to leave? Mm. And what is the people who are listening? Mm. How do you want to be remembered? Are you, do you want to be someone who is trusted? Because I can tell you that all of the other stuff kind of falls away. Mm -hmm. I when you look at the people who are remembered, the people who are um, most honored are often the people who were kind and treated people well and and did things that made the world a better place. It had your back. Yeah. So do you want to be famous or infamous? Yeah. And some people want to be infamous. And I think that, you know, stay yeah. away from me, please. You know, I don't I don't I don't want to have any fame. I just want to, you know, just, you know, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you know, don't, don't be, you know, I'm not saying I'm famous. I'm just saying, but here we are in this world of like people on Instagram are famous. And did, do you, did you think about it before? Like, you know, yeah, you know, so I think it's, yeah. For what, for a photo, are you a photographer or is it for, yeah. When you were talking about this on one of the shows about the cathedral, are you, oh, right. yeah. you know, are you building a house or are you going to build a cathedral? Yeah. You know, so I like I like that how you have look at what your legacy is is how the passion and it went back to passion. Yeah. So the, the story is about bricklayers and yeah. when the cathedral was being built, the 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 architect of the building walked by and he talked to the first person and said, "What are you doing?" And he said, "I'm laying bricks mm. so I can feed my family." And the second one he talked to was doing the same job and he said, "What are you doing?" He said, "Well, I'm building this wall." And the third person he talked to said, I'm building a cathedral for the glory of God. Now I'm not religious, yeah. but, but he could see, he felt like he was part of this bigger picture. And so his legacy was, was building this. So, so for people who are listening, like, what is your legacy? Are you building, are you just laying bricks or are you building a cathedral? Exactly. Yeah, that's I like the cathedral. I keep that in the back of my head. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm building, man. I'm building it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna build a, a Noah's Ark just now to get out of snow. But anyway. yeah. <laughs> I think you need to build a sled. Yeah, I know. I agree. Uh Lee, it's always fun. Uh, everyone, Lee's website again is thetrustarchitect.biz. She's here every third Thursday here on Big Blend Radio. And when she talks about end of life doula, go to souljourneydoula.com. And that's D-O-U-L-A. I learned that from Lee, how to pronounce and spell it. Um, and I always say that she's doulaing. And I don't doula think that's a word. It sounds she's like doula you know, cross swords. I'm Sorry, like, I'm I like to, yeah, you know this. Okay, oh, here comes a dog. Everybody gets to see the dogs. There you go, Booker. Little Booker. So I always try and keep Booker, Booker out until the end of my, you can yeah. hear him kind of patting his paws. So it's e doggy time. It's, it's doggy, doggy time. time. All okay. right. So everyone keep up with us. Bigblendradio.com. Thank you so much, Lee. And thank you, Booker. You Thanks, Lisa. Here. How to see? Oh, Booker is a beautiful boy. There you go.